journalists have been dehumanized over the last decade or so and their dehumanization has desensitized us to their crises if you're looking to build a better world a better society then journalism is an integral part of that and journalists are the most fundamental part of journalism hey this is epicenter nyc we connect our communities to news information and each other i'm your host curtis rouser According to popular Indian journalist Ravish Kumar, an anti-people, anti-minority, and anti-opposition media at the scale seen in India doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. Still, he battles on. Fighting against an environment of fake news and divisive communal agendas, his courage has caught the attention of many, including director Vinay Shukla, who has spent two years creating While We Watched, a documentary that followed Kumar's personal and professional life. Recently, Epicenter NYC's Hari Adivarakar met with Ravish and Vinay while they were in New York City for a series of screenings. During their conversation, Ravish discussed how mainstream media in India has been corrupted and why journalists need to reclaim their profession. Here's Hari with some of the key takeaways. Hi, I'm Hari Adivarakar and I'm a multimedia journalist who is a contributor with Epicenter NYC. A few days ago, I was lucky enough to sit down with Ravish Kumar and Vinay Shukla, the director of the film While We Watched, that we have covered extensively on our website. I met Ravish at, near Astor Place in Lower Manhattan, and he was very kind, down-to-earth, and very honest and open about the current state of journalism in India. He shared many different things, but mainly we focused on the deep crisis that Indian journalism finds itself in. So Ravish was very clear that such a scale of media is something that is not found anywhere else in the world. That there are more than a hundred channels and a thousand journalists, including regional ones, that are constantly propagating communal propaganda while spreading hatred and falsehoods and fake news. So he says that because of the scale it's something that is not only unique, but something that needs to be looked into as soon as possible in order to save this important pillar of democracy. In his words, he says, such an unfair media has cut out the tongue of our journalism. Now, Ravish did his whole interview with us in Hindi with a smattering of English, as he is a Hindi journalist. So I have taken the liberty to translate what he said into English for, for you, our listeners, and paraphrase it a little bit. So please forgive me if the translation's unperfect, but I really wanted to share the gist of the important information that Ravish Kumar shared with Epicenter with all of you. When we asked him about solutions to this crisis, he said that there is no problem in the world that doesn't have a solution, but something like this is going to take a long time because very few journalists are left, real journalists are left in our newsrooms. And most who are in the newsrooms have had an ideological conversion where they feel they have to work for the ruling party of India, the Bharatiya Janata Party or the BJP. So he says the whole of mainstream media has been corrupted and he's saying a lot of work and thought will have to go into pushing back at this crisis and urged that the Indian diaspora also needs to speak about this with honesty and speak up about it as well. Trolls are another thing that we spoke about because Ravish Kumar, like many other journalists doing their job in India, has constant 
death threats and calls of abuse online and on his phone. So these are things that are very real problem for him and make him very anxious indeed, especially about the safety of his family. He has two young kids as well. He's talking about how trolls have a certain kind of political legitimacy in India, that they are representatives of power. They serve to identify critics of the government and then the political system gets activated against you as a journalist or an activist or anything else that you're doing. What happens then? A lawyer might slap a case on you, the police might come to your home and in these ways, you slowly get disenfranchised. So it is something that is a real issue that many journalists and many people who are trying to fight for the rights of Indian citizens face on a day-to-day -day basis. The last thing we spoke to him about was how he, how he abused the film while we watched within the context of Indian media. He said that it's important when such a large-scale destruction of media is taking place that we see how a newsroom operates individually and institutionally that we understand the interpersonal play which definitely comes out through this film. If you do get a chance to watch it, do watch it. And if you don't, you can always read a review of the film, a pretty detailed one, on our website, epicenter-nyc.com. But remember, the most important message that Ravish gave us and that Vinay also echoed is that one person cannot fight this battle alone, that it's going to take everyone to come together to fight and push back against this to bring about some sort of a change in our situation as Indian media people and Indian journalists. So, and he wants to plant this aspiration in the hearts of small town journalists as well, because he says they are very talented. And if they realize that if they can guard their profession right now, they will slowly be able to practice it properly again in the future. And that will help us reclaim our profession and draw benefits from it, whether it's livelihood or professional expression. With those words, I would like to leave you to reflect on what Ravish Kumar has said. And I do hope that you will not only see the movie, but check out the content that we have uh, done around this film on our website, epicenter-nyc.com. I'm Hari Adiwarekar, a contributor, and thanks for listening. As you just heard, one person can't fight this battle alone. Everyone needs to come together. That sentiment is clear throughout while we watch. But the film is more than that. To director Rene Shukla, it's a father and daughter story. It's about how expensive hope has become for idealists. Here he is on what went into sharing that story. When I started the film, you know, I started the film five years ago. I just wanted to make a journalism newsroom thriller with Ravish Kumar, who is a mid-career uh, 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 journalist going, going through introspection and doubt about his craft. I was interested in his work. I was interested in the process. You know, over the years, as the film came, today a lot of people tell me that, you know, such an important film and, you know, uh, was it always this important to you? I can tell you, I didn't have such a big, you know, I, I didn't operate from such a clear plan. I operated from an instinct that maybe there is a film here. Ravish is interesting and it seems like he's, you know, instead of, uh, he seems to be fighting his audiences. He seems to be fighting various governments. He seems to be uh, 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 fighting the news industry itself. Uh, so I was like, okay, there is something that's happening here. And I wondered where it would take me. Uh, I'm very thankful and, 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 and you know, grateful that this, the film has seen so much love and support. I had some sort of a hunch that this film could shape up well, but I had no idea that it would, it was, I would be where I am today. When I began, uh, when I approached Ravish, it seemed like a very unlikely film. 
because for that I'd have to convince Ravish, who's you know uh, who's a journalist. I'd have to convince his newsroom. I'd have to convince NDTV themselves, who are a media organization. So Ravish in the beginning told me that you get permission from NDTV and then we'll talk. Uh, and to his surprise and to mine, I got permission. And you know, more power to NDTV. They 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 allowed this to happen. So from there onwards, it was a process of. There was a lot that was happening within the NDTV newsroom. Like, for example, you see the cake cutting scenes in the film. I saw a cake being cut on the first day. Those are the things. Those are the beats that would that punctuate our lives, right? Uh, when a, a colleague of yours leaves and you cut a cake, uh, it seems like a sweet thing. But when you know ten of those happen in a month, uh, or you know five of them happen in a month, then you understand what's happening. And at that point, I realized that there is something. That's happening. That everybody is. That people are not speaking about, but you can see it. Uh, you can feel that. You know, you you can feel it in within the newsroom, because everybody within this newsroom knew the power of the camera. It took me a long time to just build patience, and you know, uh, it took me a long time to just let them feel that I'm okay to have around. Because in the beginning, I knew you couldn't shoot with like these. Some of them were veteran journalists moving around. You couldn't put a camera on them. Uh, you knew you had to know by yourself when you when was a good time to shoot and when was a good time to not shoot. There are incredibly sensitive stories going around. Uh, people are going through all kinds of emotions in this kind of a high pressure newsroom. So it was. It took me a lot of time, and uh, I had such a difficult time shooting with his daughter. Access on these films is like a. It's a negotiation. It's a dance. It's not a one-way street wherein one day you get access and the access stays forever. Uh, it it changes every day. So and that's why we had to shoot for two years to be able to sculpt out the narrative that we that you see now. It's almost like wildlife photography. You know, you get there and then you wait, right? Uh, the forest has its own rules. Uh, it has its own seasons, and you hope that you're you know sitting at the right outpost. And looking at the right uh, uh, part of the forest, we knew the story we were going to tell, but we wanted to. We were very clear that we wanted to have a cinematic experience. You know, I am a very greedy filmmaker. You know, for me, I, I, and this is uh, it's it's a harsh thing to say, but for me, film comes first. The experience of the film comes first. It comes before even the politics. Or uh, uh, the social concerns and all of that. So we spent a lot of time. The only brief, for example, that I'd given my team is that this film is going to be like the Titanic, but it's not going to be about Jack and Rose. It's going to be about the musicians who decided to stay back and continue playing their violins as the ship sank. So we were chasing a certain spirit. I wanted to be. I wanted it to be a film not just about Ravish, but also his family, uh, uh, his his colleagues. The journalists at NDTV who are not Ravish Kumar, right? Ravish still has a fair. He's he's built a fair amount of following over the years. Over you know his his career is over two decades long, uh, but there are so many people who are invisible around him, and via him I'm looking to tell the story of people who are working in vernacular mediums, people who are working in unpopular jobs, uh, people who are not necessarily necessarily well known faces. You know this film for me. It's a father and daughter story. It's a story about uh, uh, how expensive hope has become for idealists. It's a story about 
you know, trauma and how people cope and struggle with it. It's a story about the anxiety that fuels newsrooms and, and, and the insecurities of people who are in their mid-40s or who are in the middle of their careers and trying to shape their future and wondering if their past has been worth it. It's not just one book or it's not just one shelf, which is, you know, politics, journalists, freedom of expression. I get it. I get it. It's important for me too. But I hope the people are also able to read the film and, 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 and let it speak to them, uh, let, let it speak to different parts of their consciousness. Despite the international success of While We Watch, Vinay hasn't been able to distribute it within India. Still, he'll continue to try. But you have a chance to see it today and tomorrow, July 26th and July 27th at the IFC Center, and Shukla will be there in person to answer questions. To get tickets, visit ifccenter.com, or for more information, you can visit whilewewatch.com. And to read Hardy's full story on his conversation with Ravish and Vinay, click the link in our show notes. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. For more stories like this, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at epicenter-nyc.com. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Caravika. You can find more of their music on their website linked to in our podcast description.